What is up, my Sunlight Samurais, my Andronauts? In this video, we're going to talk about how glutide can influence your testosterone and also the possibility that other glucagon-like peptide receptor agonists like semaglutide, maybe that could also affect your testosterone. And this is all what we're going to dive into in this, in this video. And what's quite interesting is that in the two studies where they compared where they studied liraglutide, they also looked at it in comparison to TRT. So we have got a good idea of how effective it is compared to low-dose TRT. But before we get into that video, quick sharesies. I had a big win recently where I was doing backflips and I finally got two backflips in a row and I'm really proud of that. So as a side note, I very infrequently train backflips and so it was quite surprising to me the amount of air and everything that I got to be able to achieve that. I also posted that video on the Testo Tribe. So if you want to go check it out, forums amazing. There's a lot of people hanging out. There's a lot of interaction. Link for the applying for the Testo Tribe forum will be in the description. So be sure to sign up there. And if you haven't already, be sure to get my How to Maximize Your Testosterone Naturally ebook on how to figure out how to increase your testosterone. It covers everything from diet, lifestyle, what to avoid, etc. So link will also be in the description for that one. So let's dive in. So first of all, how liraglutide works. So liraglutide, as I mentioned, is a glucagon-like peptide receptor 1 agonist. And what that means is it directly stimulates the GLP-1 receptor. It's a direct agonist. It stimulates it. It mimics GLP-1. And so it stimulates glucagon-dependent insulin release from the pancreatic islets. That's how it helps improve insulin sensitivity. It slows a gastric emptying. That's how you stay fuller for longer. It inhibits inappropriate post-meal glucagon release. It reduces food intake by blunting appetite. It reduces inflammation. It reduces certain activities of the brain that's involved in fear and addiction, for example. And it activates a brown fat, so it can actually help to increase your metabolic rate. So these are a few benefits of activating the GLP-1 receptor. Now, you know, you might be wondering, like, what has this got to do with testosterone? So the GLP-1 receptor is also found in the hypothalamus and the pituitary of the brain and also actually the Leydig cell. So interestingly, mice that doesn't contain the glucagon-like one receptor, they have smaller shrunken testes. And this could be because of lower LH, but also due to reduced signaling directly on the testes. Well, so the GLP-1 agonism will then lead to the release in kispeptin, an increase in DNR, uh, DNRH, which then stimulates the release of LH, which then stimulates the Leydig cells to produce testosterone. This, so this whole cascade, the GLP-1 agonism, increases this. It stimulates the sterogenic pathway. And so I want to talk about two main studies, human studies, where they looked at liraglutide compared with testosterone. So group A, you will see they were given the urofolotropin, which helps with fertility, and HCG. The HCG was 2,000 IU twice a week for four months. Group B was the, the liraglutide. So the first week, they obviously increased the dose to 0.6 milligrams for the first week, 1.2 milligrams for the second week, 1.8 for the third week, and 2.4 milligrams for the fourth week, and then 3 milligrams for the next three months, for a total of four months. Then group C, they were just given uh, 60 milligrams of testosterone gel daily for four months. So they literally compared liraglutide with HEG and testosterone, and here's what happened. So first of all, let's look at BMI changes. You can see group B, which is in the middle here, experienced the greatest decrease in weight 
the greatest decrease in BMI and the greatest decrease in waist uh, circumference. So I know there's a study out there saying that um, people that use semaglutide, they lost, I think, a third or two-thirds was lean mass that they lost. But looking at this, their waist circumference shrunk significantly, which means that that was predominantly fat that they lost, at least with liraglutide. This is the testosterone changes. Again, group B is in the middle. You can see group B got the greatest increase in testosterone even compared to the TRT group and the HEG group. They literally went from 150 nanograms per deciliter, which was really hypogonadal, to over 400 nanograms per deciliter from liraglutide. FSH increased and LH increased. And you can see in testosterone, LH and FSH went down when they used testosterone. And also HEG caused FSH and LH to decrease. And I know a lot of people thinking that, hey, will HEG suppress me? Yes, it appears to limit LH release. Then next up, we have insulin sensitivity. Group B, you can see um, the lyroglutide group got the greatest increase in insulin sensitivity. Fertility is also sperm concentration went up significantly in the lyroglutide group, more so than the HCG group. And then the progressive motility also increased the most. And then there's another graph where um, the normal sperm, uh, the amount of normal sperm increased the most also in the lyroglutide group. This is study two, and there was a slight difference. In this study, they used three milligrams of liraglutide compared to 50 milligrams of TRT. The previous one was, was with 60 milligrams. Also, this patients, was, they were slightly older. They were 20, um, 46 on average versus 26 in the previous study. And they were also a little bit more obese, an average of 41 BMI versus 30 to 39 BMI. So they were slightly more overweight and they were slightly older as well. And here's what happened. So testosterone increased more in the TRT group than in the liraglutide group, but the liraglutide group got an increase in 42%. The, the TRT group got an 83% increase in testosterone. And uh, as you can see, LH decreased in the TRT group, but it increased in the liraglutide group. So the reason for this discrepancy between the first study and this study is that these people is older than the first study, and therefore they might not have responded as good to liraglutide as the younger population. And uh, this is how they responded in terms of libido, morning erections, and weekly ejaculations. You will see the TRT group is actually better at increasing libido, only to a, a slight extent. There wasn't that big of a difference, but it was slightly better at increasing libido, morning erections, and weekly ejaculations. And then also only the TRT group was effective enough at removing, restoring some of the aging male symptoms. That's like fatigue, low energy, motivation, drive, and so on. So liraglutide didn't seem to have benefits, at least in this study, when it came to aging male symptoms. And let's switch over to how fat loss affects testosterone. Because it would seem that um, the better fat loss you get the more you would expect the increase in testosterone, right? So here's a very interesting statistic. Losing 10% of your body weight increases total testosterone by 2.9 nanomol per liter, which is 83 nanograms per deciliter. 15% body weight would be 5.7 nanomol per liter or 164.4 nanograms per deciliter. 30% of your body weight would be 8.7 nanomol per liter or 250 nanograms per deciliter. So let's say you are at 250 nanograms per deciliter you lose 30% of your body weight as fat mass, you can expect your testosterone to go to 500. 
So there's a strong, one of the strongest inverse correlations with testosterone is BMI. So if you can go back into the healthy range, you can definitely expect your testosterone to go up. All right, so why does obesity cause low testosterone? So let me give you a few examples why. First of all, elevated inflammation. People that's more obese tend to have elevated inflammation. They have more insulin resistance, leptin resistance. They experience a drop in SHBG. They got elevated um, uh, testicular temperature, not because of bigger thighs, but also because there's more fat that's being stored in the testes, and that fat's more thermogenic, leading to increase in testicular temperature, drop in testosterone. They tend to experience more sleep apnea, elevated aromatase because of the fat mass, gut dysbiosis, and increase in endotoxin production and leaky gut, which then attacks the testes, reduce testosterone production. The accumulation of fat-soluble endocrine-disrupting chemicals that accumulate in the fat. That's also then being released, so the body's just in a general more toxic inflammatory state. And then also the abnormal expression of the activity 11 by the HSD. So that enzyme activates cortisol, right? So adipose tissue express that enzyme. So the more adipose tissue you have, the more you're activating cortisol, being in a higher cortisol to testosterone ratio. So there's so many reasons why being excessively overweight is really bad, not just for testosterone, but for many other things as well. So how liraglutide affects erectile dysfunction? This is what I thought was like really interesting because liraglutide didn't appear to remove aging male symptoms compared to TRT, but it massively improved erectile function, right? So GLP-1 and its agonists like liraglutide and semaglutide can help to improve erections via four main mechanisms. It increases ENOS function and nitric oxide production. So ENOS is endothelial nitric oxide synthase that's the enzyme that produces nitric oxide. So nitric oxide is one of the three important gasotransmitters that help with vasorelaxation and erectile function. It enhances acetylcholine-induced vasodilation. So acetylcholine signals the vasculature in the penis to relax. That releases nitric oxide. It also helps by improving the vascular health and reduces inflammation. So this is really important because as the vasculature becomes inflamed, it can't produce nitric oxide and it can't react properly to the nitric oxide. So liraglutide reduces, vas uh, it improves vascular health and reduces the inflammation. And then number four, it increases testosterone. And testosterone by itself also helps with vascular relaxation. It improves just the structure of the penis, the smooth muscles, the vasculature, all of the good stuff. So look at this study. This was fascinating. Again, group B, is the lower glutide, the middle, the middle column here, is the lower glutide. You will see the HEG also improved erectile dysfunction. The TRT group improved erectile dysfunction, but the lower glutide group almost had a complete restoration of erectile function. Really, really impressive. This study also showed how um, TRT versus lower glutide, both of them almost equally increased testosterone. But uh, in terms of the erectile score, lower glutide massively outperformed TRT despite both of them increasing testosterone more or less the same. So it's definitely about like increasing nitric oxide and improving the vascular health that had this beneficial effect on erectile function. And so let's compare liraglutide versus semaglutide on testosterone. So most people are actually using a semaglutide, which is also called Ozempic, and not liraglutide. So there are some evidence to suggest that semaglutide is much better than liraglutide at helping with fat loss specifically. So semaglutide has a much longer half-life Liraglutide, shorter half-life. So you have to use liraglutide daily, semaglutide once a week. And it's also more effective for helping with fat loss. And it supposedly has less side effects. 
So you just feel a little bit better and you don't have to inject it as frequently. So this is why people in general use Ozempic or semaglutide more than liraglutide. But how do they compare? Will semaglutide have the same effect, the benefits as liraglutide? Because they're basically the same, right? They activate the GLP-1 receptor and that's how it increases testosterone. Yes, potentially, but here's the nuance. So I want to show you a similar example. We got the GnRH, right? So GnRH promotes the release of LH, but promotes the release of testosterone. So if you use a GnRH agonist, you will get a boost in testosterone. But they actually use a GnRH agonist as a castration, like an androgen deprivation therapy for people with prostate cancer. How is that possible? Because the GnRH agonist that they use is has a very long half-life. So this chronic stimulation of GnRH starts to completely desensitize uh, this whole sterogenic cascade. So GnRH and LH, it fluctuates and pulsates during the day. So if you use an agonist that gets your baseline high, you're going to get a suppression in your uh, the downward cascade. So this is more or less the same example. Liraglutide has a short half-life of 13 hours, whereas semaglutide has a longer half-life of seven days. So it means that it can take over a month to completely eliminate a dose of semaglutide. So you would basically get more or less a fluctuation in uh, liraglutide. It's high in the morning when you take it. It's low in the evening when you don't take it. You still get this fluctuation. So it promotes release of GnRH and then it goes back down to normal. So you still have more or less a natural daily fluctuation when you use liraglutide over semaglutide. So if you we use this analogy, and this is just a theory because there's no science on this, it could mean that the chronic stimulation of the GLP-1 receptor by semaglutide could then chronically increase GnRH, which then again desensitizes the whole sterogenic cascade, leading to a drop in testosterone. So on the one side, semaglutide might in the short term increase testosterone because it stimulates GLP-1, but in the long term, it will reduce testosterone because of the desensitization. And so in this case, when it comes to erectile function, testosterone, and feeling better, liraglutide might actually be better. But if you're going to use semaglutide or ozempic short term for fat loss, and you just want to get lean, you, you just want to get the results, you don't care if you're feeling bad, if you're feeling low testosterone, those kind of stuff, you don't care, then just do it because it's going to be a short term thing. But if you want to use something, you want to take a little bit longer, you don't care if the fat loss is as fast and you want higher testosterone as well, liraglutide might be a better option there. All right, guys, I hope this video was insightful and it gave you some insight into semaglutide versus liraglutide. And it's so quite fascinating how liraglutide can effectively increase testosterone, but also more effectively increase your erectile function. So um, another common question would be, can I combine testosterone with semaglutide or um, liraglutide and you can absolutely do that they have no overlapping mechanism they don't interfere with each other they can actually be synergistic and i think it might be good to combine both because let's say someone is significantly overweight if you use liraglutide or semaglutide you get a suppression in appetite but you still feel tired right if you have low testosterone you still feel tired you don't have motivation and drive those kind of stuff this is where testosterone comes in so you take testosterone and it helps to give you the energy, the motivation, drive, you're feeling good. And then you're using the liraglutide or semaglutide that suppresses the appetite. So it dramatically speeds up the fat loss that you're going to get. So on testosterone alone, 
you are going to experience fat loss, but it can take slow. It's going to take a long time, a year, two years, 10 years, depending on how much weight you have to lose. Now throw semaglutide on top of that and you can get much faster fat loss in the process. So I do think it's a synergism, a synergistic combination if you want to combine them. All right, guys, hope this video was helpful and insightful. Let me know in the comments what you think about this and uh, I will check you in the next one. Cheers, guys.